I thank you for the welcome and for everyone, as John has said, who has come along today. We appreciate you taking time. It's still the holiday period. It's a warm afternoon, and I can appreciate it might get warm in your car as well. So I won't keep you too long, but I want to speak to you today from the Bible about 14 little words that are fairly simply understood from John's Gospel, chapter 6, and it's verse 47, and here are these words. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I'm going to read those words again. There's not very many difficult words there. And it says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I'm not sure whether in your home or not that sometimes old photographs are looked at. And sometimes it's amazing just to reflect back over the years that have passed since the photos were taken and compare the changes that have been made. There's always changes. Nothing stays the same. It may be change in appearance. It may be change in attire. Um, it may be just change of place. In fact, where I come from in a huckle, there's been recently some changes that have taken place and some of the older folks have been saying that now you would hardly recognize the center of the little village because things change. Nothing ever stays the same. In fact, if you follow the news, this last week in particular, there have been mighty changes even across the world. In Sri Lanka, changes of government. People power seem to come to the fore. In our own British Isles, there have been changes. And despite all the different people who are putting themselves forward to be the next prime minister, the main thrust of that conversation is, who can we trust? Now, I'm not here to give you a talk on those subjects, but I'm just underscoring the fact that things in life always change. There's very, very little things that remain the same. And yet, in contrast to the life that you and I live and the place that we come from, these simple dozen or so little words are well worth considering just for a wee moment. Because in them, I want to draw your attention to three on changing things. In contrast to the passing fleeting things of earth, in these words, there are three unchanging things. First of all, there's an unchanging God who speaks. Verily, verily, I say unto you. There's an unchanging gospel that is simple. He that believeth on me. And there's an unchanging guarantee that is secure. Hath everlasting life. Now, you might not remember those things, but we're going to consider them just for a wee moment. The unchanging God who speaks. Do you know, I fear that society in general has forgotten God. In the sense that God is there at a distance. Perhaps there are those who are Christians here today, and as a challenge to us, maybe we do the same. We only come to God in an emergency when our back's against the wall, and we can't turn to anyone else. And yet, my friend, listening to me today, I want to underscore this fact. God 
is the eternal God, the only God, the God which you and I must meet. An old prophet once said, prepare to meet thy God. And today I want to say to you that the God of heaven is the God that you one day and I must stand before. Now we will stand before him either in Christ forgiven, cleansed from our sins, or we will stand before him in our sins, unforgiven. I ask you today at the outset of my remarks, are you saved? Are your sins forgiven? Is your name written in heaven's book? Because at the end of life, that's the only thing that matters. People strive for getting their names on different plaques and on different posters and in different places throughout this life. But I tell you, the only place that's of any importance to have your name is in the Lamb's book of life. That record in heaven of all those that are saved. And what a statement this is from an unchanging God. It's a statement that is true. He says, truly, truly, I say unto you. And it used to be that there was such a thing as a gentleman's agreement. You didn't need to write it down. Someone's word was their bond. It's very scarce these days. But here's a statement that's absolutely true from an unchanging God who speaks. He says, listen, sower, listen, soul. Truly, I say unto you, here is someone who can be believed. Heaven's authority has been declared on him. When he was here, the Savior did many miracles. And on a number of occasions, the heavens were opened and God said, this is my beloved son, hear him. And I would urge you, despite the many voices that are baying for your attention, the many things that you're asked to listen to, I ask you today to listen to the voice of God. God has a message for men and women in Ballyclare today. He says, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And you know, I speak to different people from time to time, and they seem to have a difficulty in trusting in the Savior. They seem to say that they find it very difficult to get saved. Well, I can't enter into those personal circumstances, but I can say this, that the message that God has given is an uncomplicated, simple message. The Bible says, a wayfaring man, though a fool, need not err therein. And the God of heaven who speaks today, he speaks with all authority of heaven. He says, this is my son. Listen to him. You see, the gospel is a true message. The gospel is good news in spite of the bad news and depressing news and distressing news that we hear from time to time. Here the gospel is for individuals. Did you catch it? Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now I just would ask you a wee moment. Will you just single yourself out from whoever's sitting beside you or behind you or in the car with you? This is a personal message for you, a sinner. Oh, you say, Ivan, I don't really like that title. I, I don't like to be called that. 
Well, I'm afraid whether you like it or not, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says there is none righteous for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you can butter yourself up or dress yourself up or make yourself feel that you're better than what you are. But you know, when you stand in front of a mirror, who you really are. That sham of pretense that you try to build up around, you know the thoughts that you've had that no one else knows. You know the things that you've done that no one else knows, or at least you think no one else knows, but God knows. Do you know what he says? It's a bit of a tongue twister, but I'm going to tell you it. He says, these things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest I was altogether such an one as thyself, but I will reprove thee. I'll set them in order before thine eyes. What's he saying? He said, you can't hide from me. And my friend, today let me tell you that the God of heaven who speaks with all authority, the unchanging God, he knows all about you. He knows more than your partner knows. He knows more than your parents know. He knows everything that you have done, thought, or said. They're recorded in heaven's book. Our sins. Our sins. Mind you, there's a problem. The Bible says our sins have separated. They've separated between us and the holy God. And that great big gap that sin has created needs to be bridged. And there are good people in this society and they try to bridge that gap by living better. They try to do the best they can. And I would commend you to live like that in society, but it'll never take you to the splendors of heaven. Religion doesn't bridge the gap. Good works doesn't bridge the gap. In fact, I'm reminded of a little hymn they used to sing as a child, good works will never save you. No merit of your own will purchase your salvation or for your sins atone. Well, then you may say, Ivan, what bridges that gap that sin has created? If I can't fill that gap, how then can I get back to God? Oh, I love this verse. Listen to it. Christ once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. The Bible says there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. My friend, there's no way to heaven save through the Savior. And if you're leaning on something else other than that, I'll tell you, it'll let you down. It'll never bring you through to heaven. It'll never forgive you of your sins. The Bible's clear personal message is, this is a message for you, but it's a plain message. You know what it says? You must be born again. You must be forgiven. I mean, you can't expect surely to get into heaven the way you are sitting today or listening today. And what about the sins that you've committed over your lifetime? How, how are you going to get them sorted out? Oh, God says, I can wipe the slate clean. I can cleanse every one of them. I can take every one of those sins away. Do you know why? Listen to these words, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. What a God we have. What a message we have. What a sinner 
to be told today, will you listen to God's message? He that hears by word, says the Savior, and believes on him that sent me, has everlasting life. An unchanging God that speaks. He says, truly, truly, I say unto you, I trust today, that if you let your mind wander, that if you forget anything else that I would happen to say, that you'll not forget this, that God is interested in you, dear friend, just you. So much so that he gave his own blessed son, the darling of his bosom, the son of his love. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that if you believe in him, you will not perish but have eternal life. Do you want to be in heaven? Really? Do you want to know peace with God? Really? Would you like to be forgiven of every one of your sins? If you would, just come as you are to the Savior today because you can't fix a problem yourself. You're helpless. You're really hopeless. You need help from someone else. That's why there's a Savior. And that's why I like the gospel good news message. Not only have we an unchanging God who speaks, but we've an unchanging gospel, which is simple. I'm glad it's simple. I'm glad God didn't make this a very complicated, educated sort of a message. You know what he says? The sinner who believes is free. Man, I tell you, there's nothing more simple than that. And if you're a Christian in your car today, your heart should be throbbing in warmth and adoration to the Savior that he loved you. And the gospel is a simple message. Whoever believes in the Son will never perish, but have eternal life. We have a little problem in Northern Ireland with believing. Over the years, it has become a very big thing for some people. I want to squash that for a minute. God says, take me at my word. Simple as that. Don't get worked up about it. Just depend on me. Just trust me. Don't make a work out of the believing. Get occupied with the Savior, the Savior that's to be trusted. I tell you, there's none to be compared with him. None of the politicians that are vying to be prime minister could be trusted. We're not sure can we trust him. But I tell you, you can absolutely 100% trust the man of Calvary. He proved his love to you and to me by going all the way to Calvary's tree because he's a savior who loves sinners. His compassion was declared at Calvary as those soldiers stretched his arms and they drove nails through his blessed hands and through his feet. Not a murmur, not a quiver, like a lamb led to the slaughter. Why? Because he loved you, and he loved me, and he was willing to suffer on Calvary's cross. Oh, what a Savior that he died for me. From condemnation he has made me free. He that believeth on the Son, saith he, has Everlasting life. Will you believe him today? This unchanging gospel message that is simple. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. 
Man, that's it today. Get occupied with the Savior, the loving Savior. I'll tell you more. He was a lifted Savior. He said, I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. Don't you get occupied with the Christians. Don't get occupied with the preacher. Because if you scrape far enough beneath the surface, you'll find plenty of faults with us. But I want to point you to the sinless Son of God today. In him there is no sin, but lifted up was he to die. And there upon an old rugged cross, my friend, God's plan to redeem you and me back to himself was displayed at Calvary when the blessed sinless Son of God kneeled upon Golgotha's tree. And when the sun should have been shining at its brightest, God turned the sun off. And do you know what amazes me? Do you know what strikes adoration in my heart and praise from a sinner saved by grace? Here's what it is, that God laid on his own son my sin. My, what's difficult about that today? To appreciate he took my place. He died for me and there lifted on the cross he bared his breast to the judgment of a holy God. And all, not some, but all, my sins were laid in Jesus when he died on Calvary. Oh, the simplicity of it. He took my place. He died for me. But I can't leave him hanging on a cross because he's not only a loving Savior, and not only is he a lifted Savior, but thank God he's a living Savior. From up from the grave he arose. And because he lives, the promise is, those that trust will live also. Maybe you have lost a dear loved one and they're gone to heaven. Maybe there's someone recently that you have thought much of and they've passed through the article of death. They're saved. They've gone to heaven. And some glorious daybreak, they will be resurrected. And they will, together with those of us that are alive on this earth, we will go into heaven. You know, there's a thing in the Bible called the coming of the Lord. Maybe not spoken about as much as it used to be when I was a wee fella. But I'll tell you, someday the heavens will break and a shout will be heard. The dead in Christ, they'll rise. And those of us that are alive will be taken like metal to a magnet and we're going to go in, into heaven. Will you be going? If it happened before I finish in a few moments' time, will you be left in the car? Man, these are realities. These are no fairy tales because the lifted Savior and the loving Savior God raised him from the dead and he's exalted him and he's given him a name that far exceeds any name on earth, a name that far exceeds any name in the supernatural, any name that far exceeds any name in heaven, a name above all other names, the name of Jesus that every knee will bow to. And he's going to come back and he's going to take all those who are saved into heaven. What a day, glorious day that will be. And there you sit today. Pardon me for being blunt, but you might feel like sleeping. You might wish I would soon quit. You might wish that that wee meeting would soon be over. And the old devil's playing with you today, friend, because your soul's in the balance, because there's an unchanging gospel that is so simple. What is it? It's good news. I am a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. Will you trust him?
Will you take him? Don't let the devil deceive you, you know, that you've another week. Don't let that old lie come into your head that sure I've heard it all before, I'll give it another day or two. Not one of us know what lies round the corner. And that's why, while it's a simple message, it's an urgent message. It's a message of urgency. The Bible says, now, now is the day of salvation. I remember in a children's meeting asking that question, and it's a very difficult one to answer. When is now? See, it's just past. It's just now, just instant. And that's why you need to think right now what you will do with a man of Calvary. He says, truly, truly, I say unto you, he, she that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Will you trust him? I may have given this illustration before, but I think it's worth repeating. I was privileged a number of years ago to visit in Canada and to go up the CN Tower in Toronto. Wonderful viewing point and platform that there is. And as I moved around that circular platform and the crowd toe by toe inched forward, suddenly it stopped and it backed up and I wondered what had happened. In a few more steps, I soon realized that the crowd had noticed that the floor of that viewing platform had changed from concrete to glass. Some were timorous. Some stopped. Some tiptoed round the outside. They weren't prepared to put their weight on that. Well, being the sort of buddy that I am, I said to the man with the Canadian badge, do you think it'll hold me? Well, he says, sir, it was designed for three hippopotamus. So I thought, well, I'm pretty safe. Do you know what I did? I took a step. And I'm here to tell the story. Because I believed the message of a man I didn't know. And I trusted the work of someone I'd never seen. And it did the job. You know, if I could do that for a Canadian official, could you not do that for the God of heaven, a God who never lies? He says, the work is finished. My son finished it to heaven's satisfaction. Just you trust. Just you take that step of faith on the work that has already been accomplished. And God says, if you trust, if you believe, if you depend, if you accept, put whatever word you're comfortable with. But God says, he or she that believes on the Son, has everlasting life. I draw my remarks to a close. We have an unchanging God who speaks. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you. We have an unchanging gospel that is simple. He that believeth on me. But we have an unchanging guarantee, which is secure. He says, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. There's no doubt about this one. Sometimes, when you get a guarantee, you need to read the small print, don't you? It might only last for a few months. But here's an eternal guarantee. God says, trust my son and you have immediately received eternal life. What a promise. Hath. It just means to have it. You've got it. And that moment, I put my faith on the work that Christ accomplished at Calvary. The older preachers used to say the work of 
Christ makes me safe. And the word of God makes me sure. God gives you his word, my friend, today. Will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he took the guilty sinner's place? That he took your place? That he took your punishment? Well, here's what God says. He that believes has immediate possession, eternal life. What a promise. You can depend on the unchanging God. It's impossible for God to lie. Do you know, he promises everlasting life. Life that will allow you to live in heaven. Do you want to be in heaven? I often think about heaven. I have many friends there. I have family there. And someday I'm going there. What a place. It's a splendid place. There's nowhere on this world, and there's many splendid places, but there's nowhere to be compared with heaven. It's a safe place. We won't have to lock the doors or wonder where we put the car keys. No, nothing be like that. It's a safe place. The devil's not going to be there. No sadness, nor sickness, nor the things that trouble us in this life. It's a secure place. Once we're there, we'll not want to leave. I tell you, you don't want to miss heaven. The invitation to heaven goes out to you today. I plead with you, in God's name, don't miss heaven. Give your soul a chance today, my friend. God has been good to you to give you this opportunity. And a simple little message, 14 little words in our Bible that they're not hard to understand. Will you drink it in today? Listen to them again. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. Those are the words of an unchanging God. That's the message of an unchanging gospel. And that's the promise of an unchanging guarantee from a God that can't lie. Will you put him to the test today? Will you trust him? Put your full dependence on what he has done and he will save you. And the Bible teaches he will save you. You know, I want to thank you for your attention that has been given to the Word of God this afternoon. We're just going to commend ourselves now to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for a wonderful Savior, one who left the splendors of heaven knowing all that would happen, and yet he still came to go to Calvary. And we thank thee there he took the guilty sinner's place. We trust that there might be someone listening today put their claim in as a guilty sinner. Accept what Christ has done on their behalf that he finished the work that atones for sin and in believing have the assurance of everlasting life. We thank thee for everyone who has come along this afternoon. We pray as we leave to take us safely to your homes as we thank thee for the Savior in his own worthy and precious name. Amen. I'm just going to maybe make my way across to the gate just to speak to you as you go out and thank you for coming and thanks for everything today.